Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, uh, by show of hands, how many of us have been on our uh, our path? I, I could call it a spiritual path or whatever, but how long have you have you been on a journey? How long have you been? Perhaps I could say working on yourself. And maybe another question is what <laughs> what what brought you to this journey? Because so many times we're kind of uh, woken up either voluntarily or involuntarily. For myself, I didn't see it coming. Um, but a lot of times there's a, a life event that uh, recalibrates us, that reorients us, that that wakes us up, so to speak. And oftentimes, events like that can change our life for the rest of our life. The idea of the human genome, the human persona, you're a human and I'm a human. So what is our potential? What is our possibility? This vessel, this this human experience, this human body, all of us as a soul chose to come in and have this human experience. And this whole, the, the premise of the show, the New Human Living podcast, is to understand what we don't know about ourselves, to kind of peel the curtain back and look take a deeper look at ourselves. I got cracked open uh, 25 years ago, and that really cleaned my clock. I I thought I was going to be a television engineer, dun, 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 and that was pretty much who I was, or so I thought. And then once I get got cracked open, everything changed, everything changed. And 25 plus years later, I don't think there's an end to the unraveling of ourselves, the uh, deeper connection of ourselves, if you will. I really like I like shows that talk about aspects of our human experience that that might not be in our conscious mind, that might not be in our awareness. And I think this show is going to be um, right up that alley. There's examples of the norm. I mean, if we were to come up with a metric, some kind of a metric, some measuring stick, some way to quantify the the human potential the humanity as a whole has such a momentum to the collective consciousness there's such a kind of a baseline idea of 
of what it means to be human, um, uh, what can a life, quote, look like, unquote. But I, I, I think we're so far off in the woods, metaphorically speaking, that I think we're not shown an example of what our true potential is. I guess, I mean, we've talked about the idea of a savior or or the i mean every culture has has an idea of of a savior or an awakened persona krishna buddha jesus and they kind of broke the mold broke the norm kind of they were so far out of the norm of of what their individual cultures or societies thought of themselves. And and why I bring this up is what we're going to talk about tonight is how we get imprinted, how we get um, culturally, I don't know if it's culture, but at a very early age, we can take on karmic stigmas. So we can have our psyche imprinted with demeanors before we even really have an ego, before we even have a sense of self, before we even have a, a continuity to compare ourselves to. It, it's like you've had a low-grade flu your whole flipping life. But it has become the norm for you. It's normal. This is how you normally feel. This is how you normally act. This is how your day normally is experienced. But I, I, I go back to that idea that to unravel ourselves, to, to go inside of ourselves, to go deep in our psyche and find these points where we've created a momentum, if you will, like that low-grade flu, a momentum of consistency, a momentum of, quote, normal, unquote. I mean, uh, let me ask you, do you feel normal? Do you feel like you pretty much know what to expect tomorrow? Is it similar to what you experienced today? And what about yesterday? Is there a, a common thread of what you expect your days to look like? And if there is a common thread, if, if there is a, a momentum of you, how much of that was imprinted on your psyche before your ego even got coherent enough to recognize that that you had uh imprinting on your psyche before your ego, if that makes sense. In other words, what are our stigmas? What what are our karmic imprinting, our karmic tendencies, our, our momentum? You know, I think we need to get to it because we're going to have a lot to talk about. The show tonight, oh, wait, there's one more thing I want to mention. We're taking submissions for the new Human Living Humanitarian Award. This is the fourth annual award. 
So if you if you know of someone, a guru, a teacher, that's impacting the lives of of humanity, that they've made a deep impression on you and many others, and you want to nominate them for the fourth annual New Human Living Humanitarian Award, go to newhumanliving.com, and there's a form there, online form, where you can tell tell us about them, and you can nominate them for the award. We've had, we've had a lot of really great guests, and I'm sure some of those guests are very prominent and powerful people in your life. So give that a think and go to newhumanliving.com and nominate them. I'd love to hear about it. Well, let's get to it. The topic tonight is the secret of resilience, and our guest tonight is Stephanie Mines. Stephanie earned a doctorate in neuropsychology at the Union Institute. She is the founder of the Terra Approach, a nonprofit dedicated to providing sustainable health options to individuals and communities. And the founder of Climate Change and Consciousness, cccearth.org, a global network to accelerate regenerative responses to the climate crisis. She's the author of five books, including We Are All in Shock, Energy Healing for Traumatic Times, and you can learn more about our guest, Stephanie Mines, at stephaniemines.com. Join me in welcoming Stephanie to the show. Stephanie, it's nice to have you on the show. Thank you, Les. It's great to be here. Your book is its fascinating because what you're talking about in this book is the imprinting, well, you talk about a couple of things, but you talk about our psyche being imprinted while we're in the womb, and and that sets up conditions that can influence us through our lives in a way that we might not be aware of. First of all, how did you get to looking at the the time we spend in the womb and how we can be imprinted in that situation? Well, that's a very interesting question uh, that I will do my best to condense into a concise response. I can tell you that even prior to my education at a time when I was living in San Francisco at the peak really of awakening to poetry. I was known as a performing arts poet. I was working as a poet in the schools and really adoring that expression of myself as a poet and a writer. It is really the core of who I am. During that period, um, this is before I earned my doctorate, I had some stunning inner experiences, and I should tell you that 
despite the fact that this occurred in uh, the heyday, the rise of the use of psychedelics, I think we're in another heyday of that right now in a different context. But at that time, um, psychedelics were very popular and associated with the 70s. But I didn't use psychedelics. So I, I actually have almost an allergy to alcohol, to psychedelics. They, they have a counter effect on me. So I, I really have to avoid them. Uh, the consequences are kind of dire. So I wasn't using psychedelics, but I had psychedelic-like experiences that informed me about my own prenatal life. And it was a really stirring and troubling experience. And I wrote it down. I wrote everything down. I am glad that I have uh, cultivated the habit of documenting my life and documenting my experiences. And that's what I did. I wrote it down. It was too expansive, too difficult to share with anyone. Uh, and And went on with my evolution, which ultimately led me to a degree in neuroscience. Um, I did get my undergraduate degree in literature and then my master's in creative writing at San Francisco State and then went on uh, after that to study neuroscience and get a doctorate in neuropsychology. And It was while I was in my doctoral studies that included understanding prenatal brain development that I returned to that writing from the 70s. Actually, Les, it's that writing from the 70s that begins the secret of resilience because by understanding those glimpses that were pure memory. They were not memory prompted by a therapeutic experience. They were not memory being induced by any kind of uh, psychological process. They just sprang forth from within me, uh, from my core. And I had the intelligence to record them and not discard them or think they were just uh, crazy. I mean, I did consider that they were crazy, but I wrote them down nonetheless. And then when I came to study prenatal brain development, which was part of my research, I began to take quite seriously those writings and that experience. And that actually caused me at that time to interview my mother. Uh, And in fact, she verified everything that I became aware of in those spontaneous memories. So this was all quite stunning for me. And really, that's that's really the foundation, Les, of, of what I do now in well, so many regards. Well, to put that in context, I mean, so you had, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand what you're saying here, that you had these moments of memory, moments of of the trauma, I don't want to put words in your mouth, of, of being in the womb, and then you verified the accuracy of them with your mother. Can you 
Can you shed some light on the context of those? Yeah, it was it was really quite dramatic. And what I remembered um, in that spontaneous experience in the 70s was that my mother had actually tried to abort me because of the circumstances of my conception, which were extremely traumatic. And needless to say, that was a difficult thing for my mother to confess to, uh, but she recognized it as truth. And bless her heart, my mother's still alive. She's 103. Um, So to her great credit, she confirmed what I revealed to her. And I, my husband was present. I actually recorded the conversation. And my husband was present uh, because I felt like my mom needed um, to really be heard and seen uh, and witnessed. And I knew it would be difficult. My husband is a very sobering and steadying presence. And my mother loves my husband and really respects him. So he provided a kind of anchoring for the conversation. So it didn't get emotional, which, I mean, of course, it did get emotional, but not in a negative way. Right. Uh, and my mother my mother really felt honored in the end uh, for being able to reveal the truth. So needless to say, that was a dramatic memory. But that memory and then the validation of that memory really put my entire possible for me to understand choices that I made and to see them in the context of those early practical existence and to make healthier choices rather than to continue with a kind of traumatic repetition, which is a curse. And so when you speak of imprints, to me, the closest uh, association with that word imprints is traumatic repetition. And I would say we're seeing a lot of traumatic repetition in the world now, and it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And I feel very grateful that I have liberated myself from traumatic repetition. And so those skills that I cultivated that have liberated me from traumatic repetition, those are the very skills that I transmit to others that I convey in my book. And I convey it also through other people's stories, the case studies of the people I've worked with who have, as a result of gaining access to the truth of their prenatal experience, were able to heal physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually so in the in the womb to have that imprint so to speak on your psyche and then as you just said to turn around and decades later heal that how does that change your life i mean in the intro i talked about a sense of normal and we don't know what we don't know about some of the early in our life imprinting in our psyche and and to to turn around and heal that uh, just to give the audience an idea of a before and after so to speak 
as people heal the, that kind of an imprint in their psyche, how does it change their life so much later in their life? I think the key to what happens when you truly understand your evolution beginning with your prenatal life is that you come to clarity, uh, to a true knowledge of who you really are. You fully comprehend your purpose in life and you embrace it and celebrate it and stand within it in a way that was not possible if you hadn't had access to understanding your origins, your very beginnings. Because those beginnings shaped you structurally, they shaped you relationally, they shaped your immune system, they shaped the way in which you encounter the world, and the quality of your health and the scope of your health uh, in every regard. And once you grasp that all of those conditions are a reflection of who you really are and that you can fully embrace the true knowledge of who you are, it imparts a level of resilience which is not otherwise available. And that's the name of the book, The Secret of Resilience. So Exactly. So, yeah. So so you talk about who you truly are. So if I've if I'm listening to this and I haven't had even the slightest notion of uh, I use the word imprinting of my even in the womb and early childhood, to come to a realization of who you truly are, how does that how does that change how you see yourself? I mean, if I could see that if you don't know at an organic level or at a deep level, you don't know who you are, that you could be persuaded, you could be coaxed or convinced of something that's incongruent with you. Talk about this this uh, realization or awakening to who you truly are and how that might be different than who you thought you were. The words that I would use to describe the incredible difference that it makes knowing, fully comprehending who you truly are is that it empowers your differentiation. So you are empowered to differentiate yourself from your trauma, from your family, from your culture, even from the historical period you're in. So to give an example, we are in a highly fraught period of accelerating metacrisis. We are living in a time of enormous threat to the future. And in that context, it is so easy and it is evident that people are swept up in that anxiety and swept up in that chaos. If you truly embody and understand who you are, 
you will differentiate from that chaos. You will be responsive to it, but you will be responsive in an empowered and differentiated way because you know who you are. And that same formula applies to relationships. So if you're in a relationship that is not healthy, that is perhaps abusive or destructive or not forward-moving or not really meeting you where you are, you could get caught up into being trapped in such a relationship. But if you know who you truly are, extricating yourself from such a relationship is easy. It's one foot in front of the other because knowing who you are allows you to differentiate and differentiation is the nature of human life. So we are part of everything and we are also differentiated from everything. That also is the nature of human life. Uh, so empowered differentiation is the end product of knowing who you really are. Well, now... <laughs> I can't let that go by without saying, damn, damn, <laughs> because, because the collective, the collective consciousness is in such upheaval, such turmoil, what you're talking about, that differentiation to be in the storm, but not of the storm. I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's, I mean... The what seemed to be normal in 2019 uh, has been tipped over. The proverbial cart tipped over, and our normal is gone. And there's a real tug of war for what the new normal will be. To be able to differentiate what you're talking about to for you for you as an individual to know your your truth to know yourself. And and to be in the chaos and differentiate that which serves you and that which doesn't serve you, that's exactly the kind of rudder, the compass that I think humanity is is yearning for. To be, be, we're going to install a new normal, whether we like it or not. But if we can do it in a conscious way, if we can differentiate the choices of what our future can be, and then with that awareness, make the choices that honor us, that serve us, that nurture us, we can we can create a, a new normal that is exponentially better than what we had when we were more or less asleep in 2019. I think that's our destiny, to tell you the truth, Les. I think it is our destiny to evolve our consciousness through empowered differentiation. That is our destiny at this time. We are being stimulated to an incredible evolution of consciousness. It's really unheard of. I mean, if you... If you look at history, uh, I mean, the last couple of years have been a kind of a global upheaval. And to me, it's yeah. like it's like the uh, a rototiller. <laughs> a rototiller has been plunged into the collective subconscious, 
And as a culture, as a really as humanity on the planet, everything that's incongruent in our psyche is being percolated up to the top. And some of it's not very pretty. And oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. And, and, and innocent but, lives but, are being sacrificed. But but if we can't if we can't uh, feel it, we can't heal it. I mean, in other words, we've had so many generations of war. Um, my father served in the Pacific campaign of World War II, and my God, did his, his psyche was so seared with horror, and and that got imprinted in the collective. I mean. Thousands, millions of people were influenced by these. In in other words, humanity's had a, a really tough ride, and we've loaded up our our subconscious, so to speak. And and what you're talking about is to to through your own personal example, you're going back into your psyche and looking at. The imprinting of your persona, and then here you are, decades later, going, "Well, wait a minute, I can do something about that. I can resolve that, and I can bring it back to harmony." To be able, and 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 the gift of that is that differentiation of knowing who you truly are. That's that's powerful. That's powerful stuff there. Absolutely, and. It's important to me that you mention your father and his military service. An earlier book that I wrote is They Were Families, How War Comes Home. And I believe that book is also pertinent to these times because I would say all of us have borne the traumatic repetition of war. This is a timeless story, really, of how by not differentiating from the traumatic repetition of war, we recapitulate it. And right. now, now is the time to do that differentiation from the traumatic repetition of war. And one of the ways that war has been indoctrinated as something inevitable, something that is part of human development, is through the silence of people who are so damaged by their war experience and so unsupported in healing that damage. You can hear it in my voice, my outrage at this. My father was also... Uh, a victim of war trauma that was never resolved and that he brought home. That's what that book is about, how that war trauma that is unresolved and that no government anywhere, no public policy anywhere addresses that. That war trauma is recapitulated in every home that that veteran returns to. That's what spurred that book, They Were Families, How War Comes Home, was another research uh, project that I was conducting uh, that was into autism in young children, allowed me to make this phenomenal discovery uh, that is 
needed to be publicized and is not, uh, that 80% of the children of veterans are likely to be diagnosed as neurodiverse in some way, 80% more than in the general population. Right. So that discovery led me to that book and also led me to write another book about uh, resources, New Frontiers in Sensory Integration, resources for those children. Um, you see how I'm following the breadcrumbs here yeah. and doing my best, doing my best to be of service to the proliferation of preventable traumatic repetition. So war is one of the culprits here in this imprinting, that using your word, imprinting, uh, that we have been passive to the necessity of war. We have we have been complicit, and not all of us, but most of us have been complicit in the necessity of war, the acceptance of war, and war and unresolved war trauma, which is virtually all the trauma that veterans have experienced, comes home and festers and imprints. And prior to this broadcast, uh, we were speaking and you asked me how I was doing and I referenced a discovery that came across uh, something that I read just right before we spoke that a woman in hostage in the Middle East was pregnant and has delivered her baby as a hostage. And I am consumed with that. I'm consumed with that baby. I'm consumed with that mother. I'm consumed with the implication a well, way the, out of this traumatic repetition. Well, the time flies. We're, we're more than halfway through the show. I want to... I want to bring the gift of your book to light because, and and again, for the listener, you don't, and I say this for myself, absolutely, you don't know what you don't know as far as your psyche being imprinted before you had an ego. Zero of it is in memory of your ego. I mean, you, you went back and you, Stephanie, went back and connected with uh, some of the challenges of being in the womb, but let's talk about your book as a, a methodology, as a way to to clean up our psyche, to heal our psyche, to restore ourselves to that, that true sense of ourselves. And so we can get around to differentiating and, and bringing a, a, a more astute awareness of who we are. Now, as your book, The Secret of Resilience, how does that provide us resources to heal ourselves? Yeah, you could say that my book, The Secret of Resilience, is the handbook to empowered differentiation. It is a book that models the differentiation process, not only in me, I provide studies from over 30 years of 
my research with individuals who, of course, have granted me permission to share their stories. Of course, I don't. Hey, Stephanie, uh, occasionally your your phone drops out, and it just did. So, so you were just you were just saying that um, over thirty years, uh, people have given you permission to share their stories. Right, and and so there are case studies in the secret of resilience that I've been given permission to share, and of course, I don't use the real names of anyone. Uh, But these stories reveal how through the discovery of who they truly were through their prenatal reclamation of that history that is theirs, that is their birthright, these individuals were able to overcome chronic illness. They were able to move forward in life when they felt incredibly trapped. They were able to produce art. They were able to manifest themselves as the empowered, differentiated individuals they are. And I provide tools for doing that. So those tools are not just the reclamation of memory. There is also uh, practices that one can do to support this development because this is a nervous system development. The memory is a nervous system function. So you can support your nervous system in making these discoveries and then empowering yourself to act on those discoveries. Well, yeah, I like that. I mean, a lot of times I like, People go through struggle, and they might go through struggle for decades and perhaps through their whole life, and they, whatever, they can't hold down a job, they can't hold down a relationship, there's kind of an undercurrent of turmoil, and a lot of times we don't have discernment to recognize that um, these tendencies were might have been with us our whole life and then until you turn around and heal them and turn around and and bring a quiet to the turmoil to to bring harmony back to your sense of self so to speak it'll reproduce itself till the end of time because the incongruent i guess the the root cause of the not being able to hold down a job or a relationship is not on the radar of of the person. What you're talking about with your book is through these practices, you can probably not only discover, but heal the trauma of things that you might not even know are going on in your own psyche, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I I want people to understand that the resources that I've, developed and that I present in the secret of people who are struggling in their jobs or in their relationships. It is for those people. But I work with people who are incredibly successful, people who have achieved business success, have good relationships, but they may have, for instance, a chronic physiological condition that never resolves. 
And nice. they're looking for an understanding of, despite having access to the best health care in the world, that condition is not resolving. Or some relational condition that's not resolving, maybe something within their family. And they have everything. They have all the best care that money could buy. But that is not buying them freedom from conditions that haunt them. And these people discover that the origins of those difficulties are resolved by understanding their prenatal lives and then by healing that which occurred in that early formative time. Nice. Well, I like what you're saying. I mean, because I I related it to not being able to hold down a job or a relationship, but you're talking about it doesn't matter. I mean, you can be successful and, and prosperous and whatever and still have aspects of yourself that even like you said with uh um the best service that money can buy and and you still can't bring it to resolution so that's right i i think all you know i'm no sproctologist but i think pretty much all of us have some element of stigmas in us and and some more than others perhaps but to just it it's like a trauma just to i think it would serve us to just assume that we have uh unresolved trauma in our psyche and just to go uh, treat it even though we're not even aware of it so to speak well clearly the entire world is dealing with unresolved trauma that's obvious i don't think you need to be a psychiatrist to understand that, I think the average person can see that we are living in the midst of unresolved trauma. And as much as we have advanced in our understanding of trauma and as much as we have proliferated alternatives to dealing with trauma, here we are. And the unresolved trauma is recapitulating itself before right. our very eyes over and over again every single day. Right. Right. Well, when we talk about healing our, our persona, how do you, I mean, you've worked in this um, arena for quite some time now. Share some some before and after observations. In other words, what are some of the benefits of us, at, I mean, as a client, or once you heal yourself, how do you change? What Because sometimes we don't recognize the value of why we would want to. In other words, um, well, okay, I've got oh, whatever. I've got this stuff going on in my psyche, and I'm not aware of it. And you know, I'm getting by okay. And I don't, you know, maybe uh, maybe I can just sit on it. What's the before and after? Share some of the the of how people's lives have changed by going through these processes. Well, the first word that comes to mind uh, when you ask this question is confidence, that 
in discovering who you truly are and recognizing the gift of empowered differentiation, one has a level of confidence, a level of fortitude that was not available before. There is a complete disappearance not of vulnerability. Vulnerability is part of human life, but there is a disappearance of insecurity, a disappearance of passivity, a disappearance of self-doubt. There is an awakening to the meaning of your life and the power of being fully present. And I would say that is the second word, present that I would mention that comes from this understanding of who you truly are based on your awareness of your prenatal evolution, that you are present. It differentiates the past from the present by nature of the awareness of embryonic unfolding. By claiming your own embryonic unfolding, you are able to fully differentiate the past from the present and that allows you to be aware and in the moment. Nice. I like that. Well, you, you said one thing to under to understand the purpose of your life. I know a lot of a lot of times people don't have a sense of purpose in their life and and uh, to be able to get clarity towards their purpose. Can you expand on the notion of understanding your life purpose as a result of this? Yeah, that actually is a major outcome of being able to reclaim what happened to you as you were developing in utero. Because if you use the procedures that I suggest, which you can learn to practice on yourself, you get in touch with how you resolved the dilemmas of your prenatal life. And when you do that, then that reveals your purpose because you see the intelligence with which you resolved those dilemmas. And that unfolds your purpose for you. And that gives you the confidence to inhabit what I call original brilliance. Uh, you claim your own original brilliance. Original brilliance, original brilliance. I like that. I really like that. To me, it seems that for me to be the most authentic to myself is really an effortless thing. In other words, I think we get in our own way. You talk about that brilliance, that that brilliance of perception, that brilliance of awareness, to me that seems in line with the idea of your authenticity. To Absolutely. It's like you're honing all the different aspects of yourself to come into congruence or into harmony or into alignment with your essence, really, that brilliance of the, that spark that's at the core of all of us. And then, wow, that, that really kind of draws a visual, that, that, that brilliant persona at the core of our being is, is able to manifest itself all the way through us without being polluted or diluted by 
doubt or, uh, you know, shame or whatever. That's I it. Like You've that. got it. You've got it, Les. You've named it. It's pure. It's innocent. It's brilliant. It's stalwart. It's resilient. That essence of who we are, it is unending and unpollutable. And once you really claim that and recognize it, it inspires you to live within that and to not be distracted from it. That's part of the empowered differentiation. You know, the cultural influence is so heavily towards distraction to pull us away from our original brilliance. It, we have a created a culture that attempts to dissuade us of this stunning uniqueness. And when you claim it and see it as your own embryonic intelligence, then it has this endurance. It's almost, I don't even know if I can find the exact words that (laughs) express this uh, imparting of a power. It's like a superpower. (laughs) It's like you have a superpower. Your original brilliance is your superpower. I like that. Yeah, I, like that a I lot. do too. <laughs> yeah. Well, a, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure that the audience knows about your books, plural, your web page, and, and any any other resources or services that you want to share with their audience. Can you do that now, please? Sure. I have a website, tara-approach.org. And I am actually, coincidentally, starting a new program in January called the Prenatal Origins of Health. And you'll find out about that on that website. And that's open to anyone who wants to pursue what I've been talking about here. The Prenatal Origins of Health, it starts mid-January, January 20th. And tell us about your books. Yeah, so The Secret of Resilience is my newest book. Uh, The subtitle is Healing Personal and Planetary Trauma Through Morphogenesis. Prior to this book, We Are All in Shock, now in its second printing. And they were families, How War Comes Home, New Frontiers in Sensory Integration. And then my first book was Sexual Abuse, Sacred Wound, Transforming Deep Trauma. And hopefully before the year is out, maybe just in the beginning of the new year, I will have another book coming out, which is a collection of my poetry called The Great Physician. Very nice. Well, you've really been looking at the human psyche for a long time now, and you've written these books. Kudos to you. Kudos to <laughs> you. you. How Thank how you. wonderful. Well, Stephanie, we're out of time. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Thank you, Les, for inviting me, and it has been so much fun talking to you. We've been talking with Stephanie Mines. The topic of tonight's show is the name of her latest book, The Secret of Resilience. You know, it's just... Unless you're a glowing orb of light, you probably have more to heal in your psyche. And 
And so often our our scars are so subconscious, so off the radar that we don't know that they're even there. I I like shows like tonight where the guest shares their experience with uh, doing the work, uh, doing the taking the time and 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 going through process to heal the imprinting of our past. And like I shared a little bit before, I've been scrubbing my psyche for 25 years. And man, you know, the last, probably the last year, I have covered so much ground. I have, I've hauled so much junk out of my trunk, metaphorically. I've released so much imprinting in my psyche that uh <laughs> I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm getting younger. I I feel like uh, my perception of my life is getting younger too. In that, um, the more I I I scrub myself or or work on my persona, the more my future expands. Even though. Uh, the traditional model of of future in our society, we're told that it, we wind ourselves down, and I'm feeling like I'm being wound up, <laughs> and and I'm excited for where this is going to take me in my life. I have no flipping clue what I'm going to be doing in three, five, ten, fifteen years, and I don't really. I guess I really don't care in 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 the sense that I don't need to know. I've taught my ego that when my heart and my soul give me new inspiration, there's a reason for that. There's a purpose for that. And my it's in my ego's best advantage. It's in my ego's best advantage to honor the inspiration that comes from my heart and my soul to, to the end of time. I don't <laughs> Maybe there's a new uh, new model of, of what uh, traversing time is to look like. Hey, here you are, the listener. You've joined us tonight. I appreciate you. It's always a pleasure spending this time with you, and thank you for showing up for yourself. I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Les Jensen. You've been listening to a new Human Living broadcast. If you're a spiritual seeker, you're going to eventually bump up against your relationship with God, especially if you grew up in some of the more classic Western religions. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, is a spiritual book written for spiritual seekers to help them heal their relationship with God and more fully embody their own life purpose. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Get your copy. Thanks for listening. Until next time.